This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to your latest podcast on the Blood Red channel. I'm your host Paul Wheelock and recently I had the pleasure of speaking to a big Liverpool fan who also happens to be one of the best young managers in the Football League, Ryan Lowe. Now you may remember the podcast we did with Ryan last summer before his Betty side took on his beloved Reds in a pre-season friendly at Gig Lane. But it turned out the words Jurgen Klopp said to the 40-year-old after the match in their own little way helped inspire what was an incredible season for the Shakers. Betty won promotion to League One after scoring an impressive 8 82 goals in 46 games but what made the achievements all the more remarkable was the off the field problems that Ryan, his coaching team and his players had to deal with which included the late payments of wages and winding up petitions and sadly for Barry it's got much much worse since then. They've been deducted 12 points, their opening game of the new League One season has been suspended and there is a real threat they could be expelled from the Football League. Ryan took the reluctant but understandable decision to leave for Plymouth Argyle who will be looking to win immediate promotion back to League One this season. So of course we asked him about the Plymouth job and his time at Betty, but he also talks about the support Jurgen Klopp has showed him since their first meeting 12 months ago, getting a shock visit from Kenny Dalglish at Plymouth's Spanish training camp, and what it was like watching Liverpool be crowned champions of Europe for the sixth time as a fan in Madrid. Thanks for joining me. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Hi Ryan, thanks very much uh, for joining me and first and foremost congratulations on getting the new job at Plymouth Argyle, you must be made up. Yeah, buzzing mate, obviously, you know, in terms of the club and the stature and the size of it, it's, it's massive, it's a great opportunity for to come down here and, and hopefully work on magic and you know, play exciting football and, and you know, hopefully try and get them out of the league. Definitely, and you've certainly been busy. I think you were appointed on June the fifth, and I think I'm right in saying you've made eight signings so far. Uh, pre-season's underway now. It, it, it sounds like it's it's been non-stop. Yeah, it has. It has been non-stop. Obviously, this time last year, we you know being Stephen Schumacher, my assistant, we were more or less done and dusted with the players, and we knew what we wanted and we got them. Uh, this time it took a little bit longer, but listen, we've got there in the end. We've still maybe had one or two more. And maybe one or two more might go out, but up to now we're we're, we're, um, we're in a good spot. Pre-season's going well. We've just had a training camp in Spain and Alicante just outside Alicante. So really looking forward to now. I think after tomorrow we've got a pre-season fight against Bristol Rovers, and then we've got a week to go before we play Crew Alexander, one of my former teams. So really exciting times and really something I'm looking forward to. It's a big club you've taken over, isn't it? I know I know Plymouth were relegated to League Two at the, the end of last season, but everything about the club seems to suggest that it should be playing higher up the pyramid. Hundred percent, yeah, you're right, Paul. It's, it's, the club's massive, and it has been there. It's been the championship, and you know they, they, they thought he could reach the bright lights of the Premiership. I think it was about ten years ago under Ian Holloway, and I think he moved on to Leicester. But again, listen, you know it's all right saying we can do this and do that, but it's got you've got to do it. You, you know, I can speak louder than words, and what, what we're trying to do is try and get as high as we possibly can in this league, and then if we do this league, then the next. And you never know where this club takes you because the fan base of it's massive. You know, the Green Army down here are unbelievable. They've took me in and all. And arms, and you know, I'm really excited to be to, to be running their football club. Definitely, and the good thing about yourself, you know, a thing or two about winning promotion. You did a number yeah. of times as a player, and and obviously you achieved it too in your first full season as a manager last season with Betty. Just how special was that? Oh, listen, mate, it was unbelievable. You know, as, as a player, you have, you have these moments because you're scoring goals and you're the targets of scoring, you know, thirty goals, twenty five goals, twenty goals, whatever it is. But when you become a manager and you get that first promotion in your first year, what? Listen, there's a lot of managers being out there. 
at my level, have been doing it for 10, 15, 20 years and still haven't had the promotion. So, listen, that's not being disrespectful to them. But for me to do it in my first year and the style and the circumstances we did it in was phenomenal. And I was just saying to the lads, not long after we got promoted and, and um, you know, a couple of days after we'd had our little boozy night out for a few <laughs> days, and went missing and, you know, it, it just took a moment of madness that you just, and just burst out in tears with, with happiness and joy and, you know, thinking, wow, what have we just achieved? What have we just done? obviously with the circumstances off the field really more but it was amazing mate and then obviously you know there'll be time to right to move on and we've come to another fantastic club and hopefully we can achieve that too you mentioned it there you know what you did last season was probably all the more impressive given you know the financial difficulties uh, Betty were going through and, and continues to go through you know you were a vastly experienced player you'd, you'd seen a lot in your career yourself but yeah. how was it dealing with some of the issues that you had tough, to deal mate, with tough, you know? Paul, it was um, it was hard there was, there was times when I'd come home and my phone was off and I'd just try to blink us on but I think the thing that got me through it mate to be perfectly honest with you it had a great staff around me were working 24-7 with me and I had my missus and my, and my kids they, they were the biggest part that got me through because I said to the boys and their families you know I'd met with the, the girls and you know, the kids coming to train and, and the lads who were playing I was like look no one can take this away from you no one can take that medal what's around your neck away from you so make sure you do it don't don't let it pass you by I spoke to managers I spoke to Phil Parkinson <coughs> excuse me he was doing the same at Bolton yeah but again, he was on a relegation decline when I was on a pro- promotion rise. And, you know, he was like, right, he's got to stick in there. I spoke to several other managers, you know what I mean? Paul Coop, John Coleman, you know, local lads who've been in circumstances yeah. like that, especially Coley. You know, sometimes you have to take it. You have to take them phone calls. You have to make them, you know. People saying, now you, you, you should always speak to people if you need them. I'm rightly so. You certainly should. And that's what i done. And as I say, I can't thank enough the people who supported me through that. Uh, fans as well. And, and certain people around Berry Football Club was, was was phenomenal and not just me but my family and, and, my, and my teammates and my staff but listen we got there we got over it <coughs> hopefully I don't experience anything like that again in my career no. <laughs> and I did enjoy my holidays let me tell you and I think it'll stand you in good stead mate going forward that what you dealt with in your first full year as a manager yeah yeah <laughs> You know, when the but the crazy thing is, you know, it's clear it was a club close to your heart, and like despite all that, and despite having to go through that, you won promotion. Was it a tough decision to leave in a way, or did you feel it was? It was. I, I tried to. I tried to give them as long as I possibly could. To be honest, Paul. I was getting sold. I was getting sucked over, and you know, certain individuals I was speaking to at the club, you know, end up all moving on, and you know, it's like. You know, there's some things I can't say, but there's some things I can. And you know, people are crying over spilt milk, and they were the ones that were jumping ship. You know what yeah. I mean? And we were there, we were stuck there. And look, at the end of the day, I you know, like to think, you know, Betty got a good financial package for us, for me and my assistant manager. And you know, then I purchased Dom Telford for a nice package, and I was hoping that would, you know, help them out in, in one way or another. I'm not too sure whether what what they done with it. In all honesty, but for me, it's, it's a case of you know. I wanted to give it the best possible chance to stay there and, and, and work there because I'd just got that club, what I loved, as you said, to League One, and I wanted to stay there. But listen, maybe the old times, the new times are on the horizon. I've had to take a step back to League Two to hopefully take two steps forward. Most definitely. And I know the Plymouth fans will be looking forward to seeing your style of football. 82 goals in 46 games last season. I think there was only a handful yeah. of teams who scored more than you're in the top four divisions of English football. That's the yeah. kind of style of play you want, isn't it? On the front foot attacking football. Yeah, definitely, and, and I said that. Listen, I was stressed. I, I was, I was um, 
I was quoted of, you know, wanting to play like, you know, the way Liverpool play, yeah. Jürgen Klopp and your Man City, your Barcelona. And, but why not? Why not try? We might not have the million-dollar players that can do that, you know what I mean, and the million-dollar wages, but for us, it's about trying to play the right way. And I'm sure, you know, listen, I'm a big Liverpool fan, as you know, and I love watching them play. love the style of play, and, and, and I know City are rivals, but I love watching them play as well, just not against Liverpool. <laughs> and, you know, at the end of the day, why can't I take a leaf out of them? world-class managers and you know obviously spending time with Jürgen and picking his brains why, why can't you why can't you try and listen I think that the Argyle fans down here now are seeing a small improvement of what we're doing already uh, and as I say long may that continue it's going to be a tough season but that's what I'm really looking forward to you mentioned Jürgen Klopp there I remember when we spoke this time last year he actually had, uh, did a podcast with James Pearce and you were saying yeah. that you were going to get his favourite German beer in for after the friendly yeah, got it, yeah. did, he, did he come and have a beer with you after yeah, that he, yeah he did mate. he was brilliant he spent 20 odd minutes in there with us and again he invited me down to, to Melwood and I was there just I was there probably just after Christmas time and I went down for a day and watched him train and spent the afternoon with him and in the morning with him in his office and picking his brains and then um, you know obviously we were doing well Liverpool doing well and um, obviously the, after the Munich game we beat uh, Bayern Munich with the Allianz yeah. and I'm in the players hotel he come right over to me and went Ryan you're doing fantastic you're doing <laughs> oh, well wow. the buzz out of it was unbelievable mate honestly and uh, you know I sent, it, I sent his PA a nice email towards the end of the season when obviously we listed the Sophie because I was there in, in um in Madrid and you know we're in the Champions League and she replied back to me nicely so I'm hoping to get back down there again when I'm home and get in and have a little look again and, and pick his brains for one or two things also because I think when you build them relationships it's important to stick with them you know definitely and I know after that Betty game he complimented the, the way you played and you know you yeah. talk about the attacking principles that you've got to, that encourage you in a way when you see you hear someone like Jürgen saying you know you go for yeah. it yeah, do you know what, Paul? What happened was we, we obviously we conceded a lot of goals that year in in the pre season, and um, what I decided is I thought right, playing Liverpool and then we want to keep the back door shut as much as we possibly can, and uh, you know just try and you know consolidate and not you know not concede many goals. And we had three quality defenders who were playing well, and we had the attack on flair, and, and we we flipped it to three five two that game against Liverpool and it was fantastic. And then when when Jurgen says to you, you were very well organised. Is that your shape you're going to play this season, and will you be challenging? in the league I was like yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I couldn't wait to say yeah that's what we'll be playing because he knew I knew he liked the style of it and when he said will you be challenging and I went yeah hopefully and he went no you will do you're very good well organised some good players and that for me was was the killer right let's stick to that big Jürgen said that's fine it's good I'm happy with that <laughs> so again as you know even that's what I've learned off him it might only be a small little sentence what he said to me but why wouldn't you listen you know was there times when you, you don't think as a football manager or a football player and you think as a Liverpool fan and you're sitting in his office at Melbourne or you're sharing a beer with him at, at yeah. was you think like wow this, this is something yeah, else yeah it was you know honestly it was it was something else and for me to be there with him and you know like me and my lads talking to him on the side of the pitch at Gig Lane and he gave me the famous clock organ and you know listen I, I can't speak highly enough of him he's, he's well class I, I love the bloke you know what I mean he, um, you know he obviously knows I love Liverpool with being home and away and we just purchased our tickets for the Charity Shield. We, you know, went all the European games there to see them lift the sixth European Cup. I was there in 2005. My little boys now. So everything, you know what I mean? So it's Liverpool manager. And that's not just him. It's, it's other managers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, King Kenny, believe it or not. I might tell you this now. He um, he was out in La Manga the other day and watched, us, watched that the first wow. 25 minutes against AFC Wimbledon. So he texted me, um, you know, through our CEO, Andrew Parson, who's a good friend of his. 
And he said, Ryan, it's 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 Kenny. I'm going to come across and watch the first half. I was like, wow. wow. But I didn't manage to get a chat with him because of um, because obviously I was over the other side and he come to the stand and was watching the first 20 minutes and he said, listen, anything you need, give us a shout. So, and he was my boyhood hero, you know what I mean? Yeah. Coming through him and Robbie Fowler. So, so the links I'm getting with Liverpool and the, you know, the stuff they've done for us and, you know, it's, it's phenomenal. And then obviously King Kenny's saying, you know, Listen, you know, you play good football and good luck to the future and that, you know, it's, it's brilliant for me. That's brilliant because Liverpool, European champions, but they look after their own as well, don't they? Yeah, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah, definitely. And that, that's it. You know, if I can pick anyone's brains, you know what I mean? Even, you know, players who are, who are played with and against and, you know, it doesn't really matter. But when you've got the top, top hierarchy, the, the, the premiership and the big boys and you can speak to them and lean on them, it's, it's phenomenal and I'll always do it. Definitely. Just quick word on Madrid, you were there with your lads. How good an experience yeah. was it? Oh, brilliant, mate, brilliant. Do you know what? We went in the camper van as well. And we, yeah, <laughs> I don't know what it was doing. We went with my little lads, two friends and their, their dads. It was great. Listen, I always knew, I was worried that we'd have got Ajax, you know what I mean? Because I thought the way they were free-flowing. And, you know, when they got Tottenham, I listen, no one's ever guaranteed, but I fancied us to beat them. And, and the way we'd done it, you know, early goals set us the nerves, done it? And then, you know, the late one off, big D, D Ocarigi. Yeah, but the night after the parties, the, the square, everything about it, the memories, you know, coming home and, you know, we missed the um, parade, but, you know, seeing them all on the social media, on the telly and all that, but phenomenal, mate, and they're the good times, and that's what we want, so I think he's going to bring more good times than not. I was going to ask you that, do you think this is the start of something, more trophies to accomplish? In football, they say that first one is always the hardest. It is, and, and you know what? I, I think you know the European Cup. And I was buzzing for, for Jürgen, obviously because of you know he, he was he was tagged with this. He's never won a cup final, and that was all. You know, it's, it's no good. It's nonsense, really. You know what I mean? He's talking about stuff like that when he's a world class manager. But for Liverpool to finish on was it ninety two points? Ninety seven in the end. Ninety seven and not win the league by by a point. You madness. know what I mean? It's, it's it's madness. But look, listen, it brings the best out of that's what the Premiership's about. It brings the best out of Liverpool for me as a fan, and it brings the best out of you know the cities and the ones who were the, the Arsenal and the Tottenham who were trying to challenge um, so look it's it's exciting times mate we just need that Premier League one now and I'm sure it's coming in the near future you know he's, he's clearly a fantastic tactician he's a fantastic man manager but from your point yeah. of view as a manager how good is recruitment being how, how important is that as to a manager bringing players yeah. in well, well I think obviously as, as a system Pep needs to have a lot of um, you know, yeah. Pep Linders, and he said, you know, he's a good coach and, and the first team coach. And, you know, John Akterberg, I think this team around him are, are vital to him. And it's the same with me and my team and the recruitment policies and that, you know, the vital that you stick to them and you get the right people and good people and good lads. And I think Jürgen's the same, you know, he's, he's obviously looking to, you know, we haven't signed many players, but you, you can't just sign anyone. You've got to make sure that the right person, I'm sure he's doing the right protocols to get the right people in, you know. Most definitely. So a quieter summer for Jürgen. It's not too bad when you're European champions, but it's been a, a busy one for you. I bet you just can't wait to get it all going now. Yeah, I just can't, mate. I just can't. Listen, I've got a week away. I just hope tomorrow we come away with no injuries and I've got a fully fit squad to pick from against Crew Alexander the week later. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.